Bible said in the book of Hebrews, if you can stand in honor of the word of the Lord, I'll let you be seated. In the book of Hebrews, which is a complex, profound book, uh, we're going to read from that book uh, beginning at verse 13 of chapter 6. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear he swore by himself in other words when God said I promise you something I looked around for somebody that had a better FICA score I looked around for somebody who was more reliable or more trustworthy and there was nobody so I swore by myself. Y'all can go home. That's enough. Just, just go on home. This, just. And he said, and he said, surely I will bless you. I will multiply you. And the Bible said, and Abraham, having patiently endured, obtained the promise for when people swear by something greater than themselves and all of their disputes an oath is final for confirmation he's saying really I, I, I shouldn't have to swear to you but because that's the language you understand and you need a contract I'm going to swear to you by covenant God desiring to show convincingly to the heirs of promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he granted it with an oath so that two unchangeable things in which it is impossible, somebody shout impossible, for God to lie, who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast this hope set before us. And then Romans 4 and 20, the Bible says this, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And I want to preach for a little while this morning the DNA of a promise. The DNA of a promise. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord because He's good. Because He's good. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and honor the word of the Lord. Somebody shout promise. Promise. God's, God's a God of promise. God is not like people. He is not fickle. He is not uh, one that can tell a lie. God does not use hyperbole. That's a fancy word for exaggeration. God doesn't exaggerate. He can not lie. It's a violation of who God is. If God says it, then it is true. You don't know what to believe when you read something on the internet. You don't know the source. It's that's why they have fact checkers. And the fact checkers have 
fact checkers. You don't know if there's fair journalism or fair reporting. You don't know if anyone is telling the unbiased, unadulterated truth, Jeremiah. You have reporters that report things in the paper that do not have all the facts. They think they have the facts, but they don't have all the facts. Only God is the culmination of absolute truth. There is no lie in him. There is no duplicitousness in him. There is no inconsistency in him. He is the fullness, the embodiment of all truth. He is infallible. He is incapable of telling a lie. He is the truth. He's truth. And the Bible as we know it is infallible. It is inerrant. What does that mean? It is without error. If the Bible says that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, Jonah was swallowed by a whale. You said that, that can't happen. It happened about two years ago. A man was out fishing in Nova Scotia, and guess what? A whale swallowed him. That's right. Look it up on Google. A whale swallowed him and then spit him out. I want to tell you, if the Bible says that it happened, then it happened. This book of Hebrews is a book that is interesting. It's about covenant. It's about promises. But if there was one theme that would encapsulate this book in the Bible, in the epistles, the book of Hebrews, it would be this word, better. Somebody shout, better. You can't even say that word without smiling. We got a, a better seat for you on the airplane. We got a better seat for you at the restaurant. We got a better car for you at the dealership, Juan. We got a better rate for you on your life insurance policy. We got a, y'all not saying nothing, I got a better promotion. I got a better position. If you picked up Hebrews, you'd find that word again and again and again. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 4, being made so much better than angels. And you keep on reading. He said, but beloved, we are persuaded that there are better things of you. I, I just, I got to pause before I get to my message and tell somebody that staggered in here this morning, if you serve God, there's better things that are coming in your future. Even though you don't see it, he is a God of better things. 
Somebody shout better. It's in the Bible, Jesse. Better days. Better covenants. Better things. Not because I said it, but because the Bible said it. He said, Jesus even said by his own omission in Hebrews 7, 22, there's a better testament. There's an old testament and there's a new testament. It was an old covenant, but then there's a new covenant. In the old covenant, it was bulls and rams and lambs and sacrifice. But in the new covenant, Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. That was an old covenant, but there's a better covenant. I came to tell somebody on this Sunday morning, when you serve Jesus, it gets better and better and better and better and better. Yes, he does. Well, there's inflation. There's problems. Yeah, but it's going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm discouraged and I'm depressed and I'm anxious. Well, just take a number. <laughs> Me too. But it's going to get better. <laughs> what? 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 How can you sit there when you serve a God where it's going to get better? It's going to get better. High five your neighbor and say, it's gonna get better. You don't believe me. They don't believe me, Forrest. They don't believe me. I'm telling them what the Bible says and I got some of them don't even believe what I'm saying. You don't believe me. You spoiled. I need to bring sorry preachers in here that preach terrible. I need to bring the sorriest preachers out there. Let them preach to you for a month. Then you'd, you'd appreciate me. I know you do. I know you do. I'm just, I'm just cutting up today. I'm just reading you the Bible, y'all. Hebrews, it keeps on better, 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 better. Hebrews 8 and 6, an excellent ministry and a mediator between this better covenant and, and better, somebody say better promises. Better promises. Oh, yeah, there's promises in that old covenant, but there's better promises in the new covenant. <clears throat> I'm going I'm to give you better promises. But he didn't stop there. It's not just one time. It's again and again and again. He said, and I'm going to give you a better hope. I'm going to give you better promises, but I'm, I'm going to give you a better hope than we introduce when we draw near to God. But he doesn't stop there. It's again, anytime you see a recurring word in the Bible, anytime you see a theme that comes across the text again and again, look at it. Pay attention to it. 
It's not there by accident. It's not there by happen chance. It's, it's not there just to feel the syntax or, or just to say something. He said, no, no, no. There's better hope that is coming. He said, because there's people that desire a better country. That this world is not their home. They are just passing through. It is temporary. It is not eternal. They are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. There is a better country. We were, Josh and Jeanette, when you get to be an old, older pastor, now I'm not old. I can get up and down without the steps. I'm not jumping off here like I used to. But when you get to be an older veteran pastor, you know a few things. And Josh and Jeanette, I don't even know where they are. Media. Jeanette's right here. Uh, I preached Friday night and when you get to be an old pastor you need a driver because <laughs> you get tired at night you shouldn't be driving late at night I could do it but I, when you go to preach to the Latinos you better be I said go through Starbucks I said it's going to be a long night preaching at Pentecostals at the Bay. They're going to wear me out. I got to have Red Bull. I got to have a caffeine infusion. I got to just... <sighs> and I got to be anointed. We pulled up, Starbucks on the way. I know it's going to be a long night, and the, the woman at the counter was so nice, but we could hear, we could hear the person in front of us just just going at it. I didn't order a triple macchiato with oat milk and no sugar and two pumps of hazelnut. I was like, you moron, I'm thinking. I didn't say it, I just thought, how ignorant you are. And they were just, I didn't order a single pump of sugar-free oat milk, whatever. And they were just going at it to this woman who's just serving coffee. And I thought, you know what that tells me? That tells me that that person in that car hadn't been anywhere. Because your coffee order is a first world problem. Oh, I didn't get my coffee right. Oh, ooh, ooh. You, you need to go to India for three weeks with me and Brother Narayan. You need to go to a country where you be lucky to find a place to get coffee. And I thought to myself, that tells me that they don't understand, they don't have the revelation of how blessed they are to live in the United States of America, to go through a drive-through and pay $7 for a cup of coffee. What do you say? I'm saying there is a better country and it is not the United States of America. It is the city where the lamb is the light. It's the city that I want to get to, that I'm planning on going to. There is better in your future.
Somebody shout better. Better sacrifices than this. A better resurrection in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 35. A better country in Hebrews 11, 16. And a better thing for us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 40. It's better, 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 better. Life is hard and difficult. We have hopes found and hopes lost. Man's days are short and full of trouble. But ladies and gentlemen, don't you forget this morning that Jesus is still better. I know, I know people, I listen, listen, I, I pastored long enough. I know people lay out of church and people take 20 vacations a year and I, I'm not against vacations and all of that, but I'm going to tell you, that, well, if I get this job or I get this house or I live in this car or, or I have this suit or I have this phone, I'm going to tell you, in all you're getting, you can get the house, you can get the car, you can get the suit, you can get the degree. I'm not against any of those things, but when you got done getting all you can get, you're going to find out that Jesus is still better than all of those things. Come on, he is better than our hopes, our dreams, our money, our car, our church, our career. Jesus is still better. Get that revelation. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord right now. Get it. He's better. Elbow your neighbor and say better. He's better. Get a college degree. I got one. Nothing wrong with it. Ain't no big deal. Hey, do it. Good. More power to you. It's not better than Jesus. I got a nice suit on. I bought this suit. It was expensive. I bought it when I married Megan five years ago. A little impressed of myself, I can still get in it. Humble brag. Hey, hey, I can still get in that suit. Five years old, I'm still getting in it. Hallelujah. Nice suit. Came from a nice suit maker over in Walnut Creek. I went in, I said, I want to get the best suit you got. My, my, my daughter, Megan, is getting married, and I'm not wearing something from Big Lots. Say, you looking for something on sale? I said, no. I don't want nothing on sale. This is a big day. I want the best of the best of the best, and I'm wearing it today. But you know what? Jesus is still better. You can take the suit away from me. You can throw it on the chair. But Jesus is still better than all of those things. He's still better. Better than money, better than cars, better than riches, better than anything in this world. He's better. I'm going to put my suit back on. 
He said, there's better promises. He said, there's better promises. Better promises, Todd. Now, they're not free, but there are better promises. Promises for you and promises for me. Promises for Russ. Better. Somebody shout better. I want you to confess that. I want you to believe that. I want you to put it, put it in your spirit that you believe that. I told you I wasn't that old. He's better than Solomon's temple. He's better than the old covenant. He's better than the blood of bulls and goats and bullocks. He's better than all of Moses' sacrifice and altars. He's better. If I can give you any advice and you're a brand new believer, Jesse, there's going to be opportunities that the world's going to tell you there's something better, but it's not true. You're going to be tempted to say, oh, that's better. But here, 35 years of experience, it's not better. And I don't know why y'all are not clapping. I just read a book, and it was riveting. They're going to put it on the screen. The book that I just read was, we'll wait for them. This was a New York Times bestseller um, about Ernest Shackleton. The name of the book epitomizes, epitomizes this, this expedition. It was a transatlantic expedition. They were the first people to cross the uh, continent of Antarctica on foot. Now, what's interesting about this, I typically don't pick up books like this to read, but this story was so captivating um, that it was worthy of my time. They spent two years trying to get back to civilization stranded. Now, you, I got to synthesize this. And if you, if you decide to go get it and read it or listen to it on audio, it's, you, you can't believe that it's, it's true. And if they didn't have the journals and the photography, you would not believe that this is true. That's how riveting the storyline is. It was a two-year struggle for survival by 28 men. The ship was eventually crushed, the ship they were on. You can see it there. But as they were traveling, the ice pack surrounded them, and the pressure of that ice destroyed the ship. It collapsed. It sank to the bottom. The ice drifted over it, and they were stranded. They were stranded for two-year process, but they were stranded for one year on the ice. They had to endure hardships, freezing temperature for hundreds of days. They faced starvation. They contended with frostbite continually. They were attacked by leopard seals that came out of the ocean. And when I, when I read this book, I thought that these individuals, these, these 28 men in 1914, they had no Gore-Tex, no North Face, no Patagonia, no battery-operated warming socks and jackets. No Amazon, no instant answer, just a few 
pages from a Bible that they ripped out some seal meat and some fur. And these men endured one of the greatest tests of human endurance, ladies and gentlemen, in history. Think about it for just a minute. I, I know you're all, you're all comfortable and you're sitting on nice padded chairs and the temperature's just right. This book goes into great detail, great, great detail about what it took for them to survive this endeavor. I can preach to you right now. Surely I will bless you and I will multiply you and I could get... 500 people, if that's what we have, I could get you on your feet in two or three minutes. I could preach to you about the blessing of God and God blessing you and multiplying you and, and all that's true and, and better promises. But I want to tell you, the DNA of a promise is a simple word. And it's found in Hebrews 6 and 15. And so, after he had patiently Somebody say endured. He obtained the promise. Anybody going through anything this morning? Raise your hand. Oh, I, all the rest of you, please see me after service. Because I want to know what you're doing, how you're praying not to be going through something. Let, so let's try it again. Anybody going through something here today? But you know what? You showed up here this morning. That is endurance. Well, I don't feel like praising the Lord. I don't feel like going to church, but I, I went anyway. That is the DNA of a promise. We live in a culture, we all live in this culture that at the first sign, Jesse, of adversity, I'm not doing that. Show up the first day at work, oh, your job is to drive the forklift. Oh, I'm not driving the forklift. I want to be in the office with the desk and the air conditioner. We live in a culture that doesn't understand that if you're going to have a business or you're going to make it to the city council, Jeremiah, that there's going to be years that it doesn't go your way. And there's going to be years that you don't get elected, that you try and you come up short, but you keep trying again and again and again, and you patiently wait until the promise comes to your life. You endure it. You endure it. Because it doesn't come easy. Whatever, whatever it is. You want to be a, you want to be a te teacher? You want to be an architect? You want to be a lawyer? You want to be a business owner? You want to be debt-free, you want to be a great dad, a great mom. There is no Amazon Prime for greatness. Y'all better give me some amens. 
There is no one day delivery to be great at anything. Sometimes you just gotta stand. You just gotta stand. Lord, I'm here. Lord, I'm waiting. Lord, I'm determined. Lord, I'm fighting. Lord, I'm standing. And when you have stood, if you endure, you will obtain the promise. Somebody clap your hands in this house. Give God praise. Somebody shout endurance. We need a fresh baptism of that. We need a fresh baptism of that. When you get a bad doctor's report, you come to church anyway. When you bury somebody that you love, Moses, you come to church anyway. When you go through trials and sicknesses year after year after year and you, you never have a breakthrough, you go through it anyway. You have to patiently, the Bible said, he patiently endured. Oh, you're just old, Abraham. It's never gonna happen for you, old man. You're beyond the years of childbearing years. God has lied to you. It's never gonna come to pass. Your babies are never gonna come back to God. You've run out of time and it's too late and it's over. But the Bible said that he staggered not at the promises of God, but counted God faithful to see him through to the very end. The promise comes when we learn how to endure and just get through it. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. You want a promise? Some things you endure. He that endures to the end shall be saved. Jesse, it's not going to be easy, son. There's going to be demonic attacks. If you watch some preacher that tell you, oh, just smile, it's not smiling all the time. It is better, but it's not smiling all the time. There's some dark days and lonely days, Jesse. But if you keep showing up, God will see you through. The promise will come. It might take a year, it might take five, it might take 10, but after a while, when you have endured, the promise will come to pass in your life. Clap your hands to the Lord in this house. You gotta endure it. Maybe you don't have a dad. Maybe you don't have a mom. Maybe you don't have nobody. Some things you endure. Maybe you don't, maybe you, you don't have that. Maybe you didn't get a family. And maybe that, maybe that affects you. And you just got to endure it. But if you endure it, maybe you got health problems this morning. Maybe you're battling depression this morning. Maybe you wanted to kill yourself last night. But you said, I'm going to take one more step to the house of God. I'm going to try one more time. You know what that is? You know what that is? That's endurance. 
And if you endure, there will be a promise. Clap your hands in this house. Give God praise for the word of the Lord. I prayed for my dad 36 years, Jeremiah, and just baptized him a few months ago. 36 years. 36 years. 36 Father's Day, he was never there. 36 of them. I came by myself. You know what? I, oh, you're so great. You're so powerful. No, no, no. I, I'm not any different. Those men that survived the Antarctica, they didn't have better blood than you. They, they, they were not genetically different than you are. They had the same heart, same lungs, same mind. They, they could feel pain. They were not superhuman. But I tell you what they had that I don't see anymore, and that's endurance. I, see, I don't see people that have a whole lot. Oh, I just don't like that church. I, I don't like that preacher. I, I don't feel like going to that job. I don't feel like finishing my degree. I don't feel like making my marriage work. No, no, no. A thousand times no. You got to just show up. You got to show up. You got to trust God when you're sick, when you're depressed, when you're broken, when you don't know where to turn. You trust him that he'll keep his word and honor his promise. Raise your hands all over this house. That's what our churches need. Raise your hands. It's endurance. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord. It's not pretty, but I'm enduring. I'm estranged from my parents. Fill in the blank, but I'm enduring. I got a bad report from the doctor this week, but I'm enduring. I don't know if I want to live for God anymore, but I'm enduring. After he had patiently endured. How long? How long, Abraham? How many years for that promise? 17 years of enduring. How long, Joseph, are you going to sit there in that pit before the dream comes past? Long, long time. A long time from where your brothers are bowing in sheaves and you got these visions of greatness to you being up in the palace, being the chief guy. It's a long time. You're going to go to the pit. People are going to throw you in the dungeon. People are going to stab you in the back. Your own brothers are going to turn on you and sell you and throw you in the pit and betray you. Your people, your kin. But if you endure it, the keys of the kingdom are going to be given to you. And you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to be above and not beneath. But if you quit now, you won't make it to the palace. You'll never see the promise. If you throw in the towel now, 
you will abort the mission of God if you stop now. God baptize this church with endurance. How many times have you wanted to quit, Pastor? A bunch. A bunch. How many times have you wanted to throw in the towel? A bunch. How many times were you too sick to come to church? A bunch. How many times did you pray just the Lord to take you? A bunch. And you have too. But after he patiently endured, promise came. I want I'll, if they got that picture of Sister King's son, put that on the screen. This is Sister King's son that was just baptized and God touched him in a miraculous way. How long have you been praying for that? 15 years she'd been praying for her son. He's just baptized in the name. If that was your son, your daughter, your children, you'd be on your feet right now giving God praise. Patiently endure. Um, you know what I'm praying? I'm, I'm praying that this church, in order for us to go where I think God's taking us and do what God's doing, we need to be baptized afresh. If you want a promise from God, it's not, it doesn't always come like this. We live in this instant gratification. I gotta have it right now. I need it right now. I gotta have it today, 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 today. Listen, listen to me. I know that's the culture. It's gotta be fast. It's gotta be quick. It's gotta be efficient. It's gotta be one day prime. It's gotta be two. I, I can't, I can't wait. You're missing it. That the best things in your life, they are going to take time. Doesn't matter what it is. You young people, hear me. Whatever you want to achieve, it's going to take time. You young marrieds that are here or watching me, whatever you want from God, it takes time. Whatever ministry you want, it takes time. Whatever career, whatever calling, it's not going to come overnight. But if you will patiently patiently endure you obtain the promise oh that's what I want you want a promise from God raise your hands right now all across this building I'm not going to stagger the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward. The Lord is not slack. Who, who, need, who needs a fresh baptism of endurance? I want you to come down to this altar quickly.
come stand in this hall. You say, Pastor, I want the promise, but I, I need a fresh baptism of endurance. I need, I need to be baptized with the spirit of endurance. I, I need that. I'm coming to this hall. Come on, quickly, quickly. I believe there's going to be promises. I believe some of us are really close to them. But I believe we just got to keep standing and we got to keep trusting and we got to keep believing and we got to keep hoping and we got to keep showing up when we don't feel like showing up and we got to pray when we don't feel like praying. It's the DNA of a promise. is endurance. Come on, I feel promises. Come on, come to this altar. Throw your hands up. Maybe you've been praying over a sick child. Maybe you've been praying over a situation in your life, and it's been years. You have brought it to the Lord for years. I say, bring it again. I say, bring it again. I say, bring it again. Bring it to the Lord again. Bring it again. I thought mine. I don't care how hopeless it looks. I don't care how dark the night. I don't care how impossible it seems. Bring it to the Lord again. Waiting for change to. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit of the Lord. For you have never failed me Come on, pray again. Believe again. Trust again. Promise still stands. Have faith again. Great is your faithfulness. Patiently. Your faithfulness. He obtained the promise. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. Keep on keeping on. Come on, let's pray for a promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. Coming home. 